Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Desi Sportscast Cricket Show. And it's a really warm welcome to uh, my co-host, um, Prasant. Good afternoon to you. How are you, my friend? Uh, good to be here, Bharat. Thanks for having me on again. Um, I'm good. Thanks a lot for asking. Hope you're doing well, too. Yeah, really good. Thank you. And it's also a really warm welcome back uh, to Shashwat. Um, uh, he's kindly joined us again um, after last week. So, hello, Shashwat. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing fine. And uh, it's my pleasure to be on the show again. Not that I have much to do without the IPL anyway. <laughs> so, a good getaway in this show to have a good long discussion with other people who are also as passionate as me about cricket. We really enjoyed your company last week and, um, you know, um, it allows me to um, challenge a person, which uh, normally I'm not able to do, but uh, because I don't have anywhere near the knowledge he has. And But it's good to have you with us. And it was fantastic last week as well. So a real pleasure to uh, for you to join the show again. And um, although, you know, we always say it's always a busy time for cricket, uh, you know, 24-7, 12 months of the year. But this week has been extraordinary, even by India's standards. And um, I have to start with you, Prasant. Um, obviously, the abandonment or the stoppage of the IPL. It, we talked about it on the show last week. I took your views in terms of, you know, whether you think it should be stopped or, you know, it should be cancelled. And you were, and Shashwat, to be fair, both of you were saying, you know, it need, the show needs to carry on. It brings a bit of light at the end of dark days for the nation at the moment. But um, it was forced to um, be cancelled um, in a way. It wasn't a decision by the BCCI to, because of the what's happening in the nation. Um, and we've had a few days to take it all in. Um, but what are your thoughts, Prasan? Yeah, I think uh, fair to say that uh, ethics um, sort of triumphed over uh, professionalism, I guess. Um, Obviously, considering the fact that a lot of professions were at stake, um, the IPL was uh, probably that was the only reason apart from a little bit of entertainment that the IPL was going on. Uh, and it was only a, a matter of time, I guess, before the IPL did come to an abrupt halt. Um, obviously, considering the upsurge in number of cases and uh, Ridhiman Zaha testing positive just before the Sunrisers Mumbai game. And of course, the Knight Riders and RCB game getting cancelled altogether. So, I think it was... Uh, just probably a, a few days uh, before they could do um, anything more than cancel it altogether. And I think it is, it's the right uh, call now that I look back at it. Obviously, um, a few careers have been uh, dented by it. Uh, we don't have much to cover otherwise. But having said that, I think it was ethically right to call it off considering the situation. And obviously, uh, given that uh, the virus did breach the bio bubbles as well, I don't think there was a point in continuing it. So... Uh, it's the right call, but I just hope that it continues at some point later this year. That's that's probably the only thing that I have. Yeah, we'll talk about whether it is possible to carry on. I know the BCCI is very uh, keen on not losing uh, huge sums that will be the result if it's not uh, completed. But just what um, the day after we spoke last week, and again, uh, you know, you said that it, it should carry on for. The reasons I said earlier, and I was on the football show and um, with my uh, co-host on that show, Nevin, and he was very strongly against the you know the, the tournament carrying on. You know, he said it wasn't the right thing to do. But again, my point is that it wasn't the decision that the BCI CCI took on the back of you know it's the right thing to do. This was forced on them. 
if it wasn't for the breaking of the bubble, the tournament would have carried on. Um, what are your thoughts on that and um, the postponement? Uh, so, I, as Prasenth said, once the bubble had been breached, then the players inside were as much at risk as some of the others, as most of the other people outside the bubble. So, once that happened, then the financial considerations and the monetary aspect that or the economical aspect that the BCCI might have contemplated earlier that could have forced them to keep prolonging the IPL suddenly got cut off because now if anything were to happen inside the bubble, then that would be a bigger embarrassment for the BCCI, not just in terms of their ability to host something at this point in time, but also keeping in mind what lies ahead this year with the T20 World Cup also on the horizon. So once the cases started happening inside the bubble, I felt that the BCCI were quite prompt in uh, suspending the tournament altogether. And uh, even though I would like it to happen, it feels highly unlikely that the IPL will get staged at any point in 2021, just because there is not a lot of, there aren't many opportunities for the BCCI to get a feasible window that would accommodate all of the top players from across the globe. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be very, very tough. But just sticking with you, Shashwat, um, I know you said the BCCI took the right decision, but I think they've lost the moral ground because they were forced. Yes, so if we talk about morality in this particular scenario, I think the BCCI might not be able to argue on moral grounds because they didn't stop it voluntarily. They were rather forced to do it. So as far as other things are concerned, I can totally understand the view for view that the BCCI would have had earlier to actually keep continuing the tournament because so many professions or so many other lives and their livelihoods were also at stake. So as Prasenth mentioned, you just talk about the ground staff or the other people who aren't necessarily players but are also involved with the IPL in some capacity. So those people have suddenly lost their livelihood, so to speak. But obviously, that is much smaller in comparison to the larger issue that has surrounded the country at large. And I feel that whatever has happened has happened for the good now because it gives all of us a little time to introspect. It also gives the BCCI a little time to think about what nature of sports is feasible at this point in time in the country. And it allows the country as a whole to also focus on some things that are bigger than sport or cricket. Prasant, there's um, a lot of people much, much, much more cleverer than me at the BCCI. And we know the IPL management is, you know, in terms of tournament management and everything is one of the best when you see the past records and what they did in the UAE. How did they get this one so wrong? Um, did they go with the flow that, you know, the nation as a whole, when they decided to stage the IPL in India, that uh, things were, well, we'd beaten COVID. Um, they didn't think further than that. And also, they didn't have the planning. We thought we talked about this in previous shows before the IPL that, you know, we thought it might be held in one city. Uh, but they went for the big metros and they had that travel element involved as well. How did they get this so wrong? 
Well, I think to start off, um, I mean, we could we could probably get a lot more political into this topic than we'd like. But uh, I think the truth is no one expected uh, such a big wave to come and hit India. Uh, definitely not in the proportions that it's uh, sort of affected the whole country. But having said that, I think the shift in uh, venues and the chartered flights and all the travel, um, you know, having to deal with uh, ground staff from different states, uh, the hotel staff in different states, I think that certainly has played a big role. Uh, you might be able to quarantine the players because, of course, you know, they they don't need to do much. They need to come out for training. They need to probably stay in their hotel rooms. Then they need to come out and play a match. But with the ground staff, with the hotel staff, it's a lot different than that. They need to uh, move around a lot more, carry equipment. They need to sort of, they need to be a lot more uh, interactive uh, with their peers than the players, you know, uh, if you'd like to put it that way. So, um, but for starters, I think the, the real issue was this sort of a wave wasn't really predicted earlier. Um, I think only towards uh, once, I mean, once the IPL started, after like five to ten games, you know, the whole issue uh, came up that we might as well be in trouble uh, if the same wave or the intensity of the COVID uh, hitting the nation continues in the same way. And so, of course, you know, once once it's all happened and now that the IPL suspended, everyone has everyone keeps saying. The IPL should have moved to the UAE, you know, it should have moved to a different country. Uh, I mean, BCC has written to uh, the Emirates board saying, you know, you might as well ca carry on the T20 World Cup. So, uh, but I think in hindsight, obviously, we didn't expect this sort of an enormity in terms of the COVID wave coming and hitting India. So, I think that's pretty much where uh, the issue started in the first place. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was hard to uh, judge, but I'm just thinking, you know, the brains that uh, the management of the BCCI and of the IPL, you know, could have um, taken further precautions. Obviously, we talked about it and uh, I'm sure they must have discussed it, but they went with uh, the option of um, these metro cities and the travel. Um, I know in a previous, when we were talking about this, um, one of our viewers was putting in, uh, the comments that they could have gone with the smaller venues like Dharamsala where it's not a big metro and um, or they could have gone with one city if it was capable of uh, staging um, similar to UAE uh, that bubble for a long time because if the I mean the comparison will be made Shashwat and you're a football um, fan as well and take an interest with the Indian Super League and how they managed it over so many months in Goa um, you know, it does stand out that the BCCI got this very wrong when you compare it to the Indian Football League. Um, when you know they're not the best um, management either. Uh, so, but there are a couple of things that have probably explain how the ISL was able to stage their entire season and uh, without any mishap. So, firstly, they tried to put their teams in and around a similar location. So, that reduced the travel cost. So, whenever these teams had to go to play games, that their journey would be directly from the hotel room to the grounds. So, that reduced the risk of air travel and possible chances of transmission. So, that was one thing the ISL got right. As far as the BCCI is concerned, because we also have to look at how the pitches play and other such aspects, I don't think it was very feasible to host the tournament in one city apart from Mumbai. Because none of the other cities really have that many grounds, both for the practice facilities and in terms of actually hosting matches. So, once uh, the once they completely eliminated the idea of not having the entire tournament in Mumbai, they obviously had to narrow down on a few cities where they could have taken the 
tournament and also with their caravan model they had at least four teams in one city at one point in time which again increased the need for good infrastructure whether it be accommodation or practice facilities so that's why we saw these tournaments move to these metro cities and apart from that i feel that uh, the ipl would have been better off moving to the uae again because of these uh, travel issues that would have eased out because from what i have been hearing the travel or the air travel whatever you want to call it that has probably been one of the major differences between last season and this season and the effect is there for everyone to see yeah um i, I take on board what you say but also you know the I, uh, the indian super league was played during the time when the covid figures in the nation were going down so you would have thought they would have gone the other way and played it in a few more venues, but they played safe. And uh, it's just a disappointment that the BCCI didn't do the same. I take on board what you said, you know, about the uh, aspects of whether one city could host it. And if Mumbai couldn't, then there were other options. There weren't other options, but then they should have had it in the UAE. Um, but um, just on the back of what Shashwat said earlier, uh, Prasan, about, you know, and the BCCI is very obviously keen to complete this tournament uh, because we've, we've seen the figures in the papers of what they could lose. And uh, we know how much money uh, uh, the BCCI, uh, you know, gets from this tournament to just, you know, keep it going, although it's full of money anyway. But um, I can't see a window where they can complete it. Can you? Yeah, I think at this stage, it's uh, really difficult to figure out a window because, I mean, I, I probably the only window is after the England series that ends on September 14th. And between that to the T20 World Cup, there's a very small um, window where you can possibly fit the IPL. And I think the BCC has been pretty clear with what they intend to do. Um, they've specifically mentioned that they're looking for that September window. And I think that window from 14 to before the T20 World Cup, I think, uh, is when they're going to look to host it. But I think they should they should just like let everything happen in the UAE all at once uh, because it'll be easier to probably create bubbles in the UAE than in India. Uh, even if you're considering September as uh, you know the long-term uh, venue to host the T20 World Cup or even the IPL, I think hosting it in England would probably make it a little, little bit more harder considering the fact that other teams will need to come and make their bubbles over there and uh, with India and England playing, I think it'll be hard for logistics and all of that. So, I think the September window might be fine. Uh, what we're hearing is also that they might have a lot more double headers uh, to accommodate the rest of the games. Um, we have probably about 30 matches and then the playoffs. So, uh, the September window might be the only possible um, option for the BCCI because after that, uh, the T20 World Cup is happening. So, unless they're okay to push the T20 World Cup for uh, accommodating BCCI's pet project, uh, I don't really see any other window except that September, uh, a couple of months from there. I'll be very surprised. I know the ICC bent over backwards to accommodate the BCCI, but I'll be surprised if they push back the uh, T20 World Cup again. Uh, Shoshua, is it really crucial that we complete this tournament? Is it that important that we need to do that and try and find these little windows and force players to in a short space of time like you said uh Rossan, you know a couple of uh, double headers um pretty much every day or something like that do you think it's that important that we need to complete it Shashwat? Uh, financially yes and i think that is something no if you take the finance out well. uh so from a player's perspective i don't think uh, the september window in particular would work so 
so when you are talking about uh, multiple double headers you are talking about these indian players mainly playing those many games after a grueling series against england that is also five test series we we can't completely rule that out as well then we'll also need to manage their workload going into the t20 world cup because i don't think the bcci wants to be in a situation where their players burn out as soon as the t20 world cup approaches just to fit a few games of the ipl that that, that is my perspective and i even though there are a lot of financial gains for the players as well i feel when there is a t20 world cup on the horizon and when that has been looked upon as a competition that india simply has to win or in blunter terms virat kohli simply has to win to solidify india's status as uh, one of the best uh, cricketing outfits across all formats i don't think these players would also fancy playing so many games of cricket in such a short span of time i'm i'm not of the view that uh, the bcci should just take this decision we're just going to abandon this we'll have a fresh tournament next year um i don't think it's fair on the players i take the i know finance always comes before the players uh percent what what's your call yeah i think i'm on board with what shashwat said uh, the players wouldn't be key to uh, keen to you know sort of play that much cricket obviously considering uh, you know the uh, enormity of the uh, test series and after that the world cup um i don't think that probably want to put their uh, put their all in for the ipl because obviously it is a mega tournament uh there's a lot of financial aspects involved in the ipl so uh if they are forced to play the ipl that just means that they'll have to give their all and i don't think that's possible um for and also as a matter of fact obviously the england players and indian players make a major part of that uh, ip um, um, a major part of the ipl franchises if you if you like so um i don't think they'll be up for it although like you said i think uh, the bcci might uh, have have the veto over anything that happens in the cricket world so i wouldn't be surprised if it happens in that september window although i don't think it's uh, fair on the players and in some sense i don't think it makes i mean at least if it does happen i definitely think it should happen at one venue uh, both the ipl and the t20 world cup should happen in one venue and they shouldn't split the ipl somewhere and the t20 world cup somewhere else well it seems i'm alone again uh, <laughs> the three of us in the sense that i think it should just be cancelled i don't think it should uh, they should go out all to try and complete it uh, but uh, we'll see what happens um and uh, obviously if it's going to be september there's going to be some major changes uh but just you know ending on the ipl in terms of the cricket that's been played so far and uh, you know it was it was it was a very good tournament up to date Up, up to the cancellation and it was personified by the innings of Kieran Pollard uh, for the um, on last Saturday and um, I was uh, exchanging uh, some messages with uh, Prasan Sheshwat what an innings uh, and it just you know to go from such a high of watching IPL then two days later to a cancellation oh uh, yeah so wasn't really a high for me Personally. <laughs> I think that's why I was actually, to be fair to you, Sheshwat, I was asking Prasan how you were. No, so I've gotten used to Pollard uh, coming up trumps against CSK. So that is what, something I've learned from my IPL experience. But nevertheless, uh, if you talk about that innings in isolation, I think it is perhaps one of the better innings that I've seen in the last four or five years of the IPL. Not just because of the situation Mumbai were in, but also... 
because Pollard had to come in relatively early and he had to come in on the back of two quick wickets with Surya Kumar Yadav and Quinton Dickoff falling, I think, a couple of with just a couple of overs ago. So, on that respect, I think it was a great innings and the way he... So, there's another thing, even in the final over, people tend to forget that he refused a single. Mm-hmm. And that is something that dominated uh, the headlines when Rajasthan played Punjab and Sanju Samson did a similar thing. Although, Chris Morris and Jayant Yadav are quite different with respect to their hitting ability. <laughs> but still, for Pollard to keep his calm, refuse the single and then chase down so many runs in the last over, that too against an international quality bowler like NGD was something really special. It, it was something unique and, um, you know, we were expecting a normal week of IPL, but, you know, uh, Prasanna and I were saying, I think we've already got the performance of the week. Um, but in terms of uh, your team and uh, how they were playing top of the table, although they lost that game, but, um, that, you know, the cancellation must hit CSK fans even more, considering how they were going. Uh, yes, to an extent. Uh, because uh, after a very woeful 2020 season, CSK was just starting to get into their group. So, obviously, it is a little sad that uh, the tournament was suspended when it was, especially considering that CSK have most players who, who are over the hill and who take some time to get going these days. So, for them to recapture that momentum, if and when the IPL resumes, uh, might be a big task, but in general, I feel that whatever has happened has probably been the right decision in view of whatever took place, especially after that game against Mumbai. So, when you look at the larger picture, I'm not too concerned that the IPL was abandoned, even though no, no. CSK were pretty yeah. placed in second. No, no, it, no, obviously the bigger picture takes precedent. But um, just to the other extreme, uh, Prasan, are you re- not relieved? But, um, you know, there's a a brighter side to the cancellation in in this in the sense that the push is off RCB. Well, I think everyone's still talking about RCB. I mean, uh, everyone is saying that this is RCB's season to shine. This was RCB's chance to win. Uh, you know, the season being cancelled, uh, you know, hasn't worked in our favor and all of that. But I mean, yeah, I, I think we certainly, you know, we did start off well. Obviously, after that, uh, we lost two games, and um, you know, we were we weren't in the top two, so. I think in that sense, um, it's it's fine. I think uh, if we look at it, uh, probably we were falling off a cliff rather steadily. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, this break would sort of help to um, figure out what we need to do a little bit differently because we still didn't figure out our playing 11. You know, we didn't have a single uh, playing 11 the same as the previous game. So, I think uh, that's to talk a lot about how the team is thinking, how Virat Kohli is thinking. So, um, I wouldn't say it's, I wouldn't say that it's too bad, but it isn't too good as well, considering that we did start off fairly decently and uh, we could have probably carried on from where we had, considering we were playing a bulk of the matches in Kolkata. Yeah, and there were a few chinks coming, um, uh, breaking through in the armour as well when you're talking about RCB. Um, so, but the most I feel sorry for is obviously my boys, uh, the Capitals. I think they were in amazing form, uh, especially with that win on Sunday so comfortably. Uh, it was looking well for them to uh, win their first title. Um, but just what uh, this was an opportunity for some players to really seal their place in the world uh, T20 uh, team, the squad, and uh, we don't know what's going to happen in September. But just um, if just take it uh, for the sake of argument that September doesn't happen uh, because it's going to be tight. So if we look at it just on the IPL at the moment, um, you know the likes of uh, Surya Kumar and 
uh, Jahal and, you know, you can name a few that would, and, you know, there were certainties to be in the T20 World Cup before, um, you know, three, four, five months ago, but uh, the, since then, their form's not been that good. Um, they, how are they going to come back into the reckoning? Uh, so, if we talk about individual players, so I'll start off with Surya Kumar Yadav. I feel this is the first time he's had a bit of a barren run in the, let's say, past three or four years since his move to the Mumbai Indians especially. So, I don't feel his place would be under as much scrutiny because of a couple of reasons. Firstly, everybody is due a bad run of form once in a while. And secondly, because of the attributes that he brings to, these, uh, to the Indian batting lineup, I think he is pretty indispensable at the moment because he is perhaps our closest answer to someone like an ABD Villiers or a Josh Butler when you talk about being a 360 player. As for Chahal, I have been a little skeptical about him since the Australia series uh, because I feel batsmen have started working him out a lot better. Earlier, he used to have the wide delivery outside off stump as one of his wicket-taking deliveries, but batsmen these days are more content to stand on off stump, which effectively makes that also a hitting zone for them. And when he has tried to be closer to the stumps, he has gotten swept because obviously he does not have the pace to stop batsmen from playing the sweep, nor does he have that much drift to actually stop the batsmen from coming down the track. So as for Chahal, perhaps this might have come at the right time, this break, because it gives him an opportunity to just move away from the spotlight and work on things that might serve him well in the upcoming T20 World Cup. But yes, I feel that this IPL, apart from these two, I feel the IPL stopping at this time is very cruel for Prithvi Shaw. Yeah. Because he was batting like an absolute dream. He has been hit plundering runs for fun. I still don't know why he isn't on the plane to England, but I think that discussion can be left for a little later. But similarly, Shikhar Dhawan would also have wanted this IPL to continue just to remind people that he can still be a force at the top of the order. So... A bit of a bittersweet memory for a lot of people based on where they stood in this IPL and the Indian team landscape. Yeah, and I do want to talk about the omission of Prithvi Shaw. I think um, I can't understand that one. But just uh, finishing on this point of players proving themselves and getting into the uh, squad for the World Cup, uh, Prasan, um, as of now, and again, with the caveat that the uh, competition isn't finished in September, where their players could have an opportunity to prove themselves. Let's just say it doesn't happen. Would you pick Jahal? Because there's not going to be much cricket for him to prove himself. Obviously, he can go back to the nets and what have you. Uh, but in, in terms of actual game time, there, might, there won't be many opportunities. Would you pick him in the World Cup squad? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I think he just makes the cut, in my opinion, uh, probably a year back or, or maybe a few months back or even the last IPL, you'd pick him as a uh, starter in your 11. But uh, I don't really? think that's going to be the case um, for this uh, T20 World Cup. Obviously, uh, his form has certainly petered off uh, this IPL specifically. He hasn't even been used uh, completely by, uh, wasn't used completely by Kohli in this IPL. So, but having said that, I think Chahal has really transformed into the player. He is under Virat. And I think Virat uh, really respects what he brings to the table and uh, his uh, capability as a match winner. So, I definitely think he will make the squad. I feel uh, uh, he will be there in the squad, but he definitely probably won't be assured of a spot in the 11 uh, if he doesn't uh, get a chance to prove himself before that World Cup. 
And um, that takes us on to uh, the squad that was announced yesterday for the World Test Championship and the Tour of England, uh, Shashwat. Um, and we will talk about Britby, but I just want to ca carry on with the topic of leg spinners and um, the dearth of leg spinners in India. Um, and obviously the, the talking point was Kuldeep um, missing out. Uh, he's not had any games in the IPL. Um, what's what's gone wrong for him and what's gone wrong with leg spin spinning in India? Well, I say what's gone wrong. We've got uh, Bishnoi, a young guy who came through the IPL, was having a decent IPL. Uh, but generally, why wasn't uh, a leg spinner chosen for this tour? And what is the uh, scenario around leg spinners in India? Uh, so I'll tackle the leg spinning question first because uh, I have had a very strong view on this for the past three or four seasons. So I've, whenever I've followed the Ranji Trophy closely as well, there have been a lot of pitches that have aided fast bowling too much and that have contributed to, let's say, two or three day games. Then you've had... Uh, wickets that have been on the other end of the spectrum where the ball has turned from the first ball of the day itself. So that has led more people to start to prioritize finger spinners because whenever the wicket is turning, the finger spinners, because of better control, obviously become a much better option. So that is one of the reasons Akshar Patel also took so many wickets against England because once the ball starts turning, then the straighter ball is the more dangerous delivery to tackle. <laughs> So, when you talk about wrist spinners, uh, they mostly rely on their flight, on the guile to deceive the batsman in the air. So, they aren't necessarily as reliant on the pitch per se, but in recent times with so many states often playing each other when a win at all costs attitude is required, they usually prepare pitches that aren't, not I wouldn't say aren't conducive, conducive to leg spin, I'd rather say they help the finger spinners become a more reliable option. So, I think that can be one reason for the leg spinners going out of fashion in India. And even when you talked about Ravi Bishnoi, Ravi Bishnoi is not a leg spin bowler as such. He's more of a googly bowler who bowls a couple of leg spinners in between. So, I think he's also a product byproduct of the T20 environment that we find ourselves in. And as for Kuldeep Yadav, I feel the Indian cricket team and the Kolkata Knight Riders have somehow reduced him to what he is right now. Because really? I still yes, so this is completely my opinion, my perspective. Mm. Yes, so my entire take on this thing is, uh, if you remember the fourth test uh, during India's tour to Australia in 2018-19. So, Kuldeep Yadav played that game at Sydney and post the game, Ravi Shastri came out and said that Kuldeep Yadav will remain our overseas number one spinner. Mm because of the variations that he brings to the fore and whatever. So, after that, the IPL happened, but even though he was a little uh, lackluster in that IPL, getting carted by Mohin Ali, if I remember correctly, when four sixes, five sixes, and over still, the Indian never, Indian team never actually repaid the faith that they showed him in that press conference. So, I think somewhere that has probably had an impact on his psyche because leg spinners are very much confidence bowlers. They need the confidence and the backing to keep trying out things. And uh, another thing that uh, has been written about Kuldeep Yadav is that his pace is not very uh, high and that it does not trouble international batsmen as much. But the thing is, ever since he was young, he has always been a bowler that has relied on flight, guile and deceiving the batsman in the air. So, in the process of trying to make him bowl quicker, he has perhaps lost those many revolutions that he used to impart on the ball. 
and probably that has led to a decline in him spinning the ball which was his primary forte so now whenever people try to tackle him his because he can't spin the ball too much the wrong ones and the leg spinners have not had as much of an effect so and then again if he is not playing obviously he won't be able to rectify those things on the field because even in practice sessions you don't have the batsman going so hard at you so i feel a little more game time would have helped but probably this off time might help him evaluate himself and i would personally like one of either virat kohli or ravi shastri to just give him a call and tell him that you are still in our scheme of things and we have just taken you away from the spotlight so that you can work and get back into the team because i feel kuldeep yadav can serve us for the next 10 years yeah absolutely you really and he's still under central contract uh, under the c grade i think it is for some um, and he's still um, a young man i think he's 26 27 and we've talked about him on this podcast quite a few times you know we sympathize with um, and to an extent i agree with such what you know that um, kkr have uh, not helped him and um, it just gets to the stage where when he hit, does play he's under immense pressure to do something incredible because you know there, there is that pressure on him can you see a way back for kuldeep prasad yeah i just think he needs a different franchise it's as simple as that uh, you know ever since varun chakravarty walked into that night rider side obviously he's been backed by uh, dinesh karthik like no other player has been backed by in any other team uh, and i think a major reason of why kuldeep is sitting out is because kkr have so many options they have uh narayan now this season they had shakib al hasan they've got varun chakravarty so they've got the options and they can't really fit uh, kuldeep yadav in that 11 and i feel next season the mega auction will really serve him well i hope he gets a good team um only because i i've got a feeling that he can walk into any other side except the mumbai indians probably uh, considering that they play rahul chahar in that side so i i've got a feeling that if he if he gets a different franchise if he gets more games that can give him a lot more opportunity because that's what happened with prithvi shah this season after he was written off he came back and he really uh, you know uh, sort of uh, took the world by storm with those knocks that he played so i think more games gives a player some confidence that he can do well uh, probably the best case is uh, chahal you know he hasn't been given that op- he wasn't given that opportunity to sort of bowl a lot more and pick wickets this season and you could see that in his body language he he wasn't really comfortable even when he came on to bowl he was getting hit quite often so i think they should just back players and uh, as for the indian team that they're, they're not even looking at uh, chahal as a full time option so i feel kohli will be in the scheme of things but considering the likes of rahul chahar varun chakravarty have done well in the ipl and uh, probably a, a billion eyes are on the ipl uh, players might get preference from the indian premier league than from anywhere else so I've got a feeling the uh, Kuldeep needs to be given more opportunities, and for that to happen, he needs to find a different franchise. Do you agree that the um, yeah KKR you said you know got options, but the national team doesn't have as many options when it comes to the leg spinning department? Uh, do you think uh, the team management nationally needed to put an arm around him, give him like Sushant says, and I agree with it 100% in terms of giving him that backing, giving him that confidence, because leg spinners are gonna. go for some runs when they get it wrong uh, but when they get it right you know it, it, they bring so much to the team do you think ravi and virat um, just missed a trick on there despite what ravi said at the end of the australian tour person yeah absolutely i think uh, they certainly need to back him because uh, obviously leg spinners have a lot more variations <clears throat> than a finger spinner does so um they definitely need to back him because uh, there isn't anyone who can uh, 
bring the variety that uh, you know kuldeep yadav does chahal might have varun chakravarti rahul chahar standing behind him but i don't see anyone standing behind kuldeep yadav for that uh, left arm wrist spinner's position so i've got a feeling they have to back uh, kuldeep yadav they've got to tell him that you will have your opportunities but he probably just needs to wait for his chances and having said that i think um the squad pick for the tour of england uh, probably doesn't feature a leg spinner maybe because they won't play spin too often um considering the pacey pitches that are on offer there are four spinners of course all um all um uh, you know obviously guys who turn the ball into the batsman are rather finger spinners so um having said that i feel if the matches had happened in india uh, he probably would have gotten out but um it's surprising he's not there and i just hope that uh, they find a way to fit him in sometime soon and just to end uh, sheshwat uh, one of the ways to back him would have been to include him in the squad for england uh yes that could have been a way and also come into the point of uh, india taking four finger spinners to england so first of all i don't think england are going to no- england are going to obviously give us pitches that will have plenty of grass especially after what happened in the home series so that can be one rational of thinking why kuldeep yadav might not have been picked but we also need to remember that wrist spinners have always enjoyed a lot more success than finger spinners in england even whether you talk about shane warne or you talk about other wrist spinners historically as well because uh, they aren't too reliant on the surface per se so i would have personally liked him to have been on that plane but looking at the positive probably this gives him an opportunity to just introspect go back to where he came from and actually recollect all those abilities so that whenever he next he gets a chance next he can be the older version of himself because one of the reasons i rate kuldeep yadav very highly and i feel very few spinners in the country can do this and that is kuldeep yadav can actually get a batsman out while he is trying to defend he is simply that good with his variations with his guile with his flight because a lot of other finger spinners if the wicket is not aiding them and if the batsmen are not looking to go after them they find it very difficult to take wickets and in places like england where the fast bowlers can get a little tired because of the workload you need one of these wicket taking spinning options just keep you in the game and keep the game open with the odd vital breakthrough i've just brought up uh, an image of um, the squad that's been selected uh, prasan and uh, we mentioned him a little bit earlier in terms of uh, the omissions and uh, the obvious one is uh, Rippy um so what what does he have to do to get back into the team i absolutely have no idea i mean um, you know uh, last time around he was our first ice op- opener uh, op- yeah he did he did fail uh, he did have a bad and run but i think every player uh, has to have a have a lean patch at some point in time and uh, i absolutely don't see what the selectors um have as a problem with prithvish obviously he has scored heavily in the ipl he was having a great time uh, and he has changed his technique i think a lot of us saw that as well um a lot of experts spoke about how he has sort of managed to uh, close the gap between bat and pad and uh, get to the pitch of the ball and play the ball on its merit so i think he has brought in the technical changes uh, i'm not entirely sure why they haven't picked him and having said that we still uh, have only three openers in that uh, in that 20 member squad that they've picked we've got only rohit shubman and uh, obviously mayank agarwal so um uh, as for the middle order i think uh, they all picked themselves but having said that i don't think it would have been too much of an issue to have one or two members extra um i'm not sure if they were looking to cap it at 20 but uh, prithvi shaw being omitted is certainly um a surprise uh, and i think it will be a blow to his confidence as well 
after the way he performed in the IPL and in the Vijay Hazare, uh, he would have probably um, had his hopes high of getting selected for that uh, team. But uh, I'm just hoping that he sort of takes this in his stride and uh, uh, tries to improve on his technique and sort of tries to get a lot more patient with his uh, batting. I think that's probably the only minor flaw that if I can point in his, uh, in his approach. Otherwise, I think uh, it's definitely a surprise for me that Shah has been omitted. That's what, uh, I mean, this goes back to uh, what we're talking about with Kuldeep not backing the young players. And um, Prithvi had a very tough uh, tour in Australia. He got a lot of stick. He came back, played domestic cricket, sorted out his game, came back into form. Can you find a reason as to why he's not being picked? Uh, so just before I got on this call, I, had, I read an article, I think it was on Times Now, which said that someone or probably people in the Indian cricket team wanted Prithvi Shaw to be a lot fitter for him to be considered for selection. So if that is the criteria, then probably that perhaps is the only explanation that you can give. Because as far as batting is concerned, there's simply no reason why he shouldn't have been in that team. And also, this is a mistake that uh, the Indian team has made recently and that is they don't actually get players into the team when they are on hot streaks of form. So, when you look a couple of years, look back a couple of years ago, let's say three years ago, you had Mayank Agarwal scoring tons of runs in the domestic circuit across formats, whether you talk about the 50 over Vijay Hazare trophy or the Ranji trophy, but he still had to wait so long for to, to get a debut and which eventually happened in Australia. You even look at the recent away T20 series that we had against Australia, we could have easily picked Surya Kumar Yadav and Ishan Kishan based on the sensational form that they had had in IPL 2020. But we picked them in March 2021 when perhaps their form was a little on the decline. And now, because they've had a substandard IPL as well, this could have a major dent on their confidence. Similarly, Prithvi Shaw not being picked now could have a similar effect. And mm. if he undergoes a patch where he does not score a lot of runs, those questions will again start come and come back to haunt him because... For him, from his perspective, he is probably feeling that he could not have done anything more to warrant a place in the test side, especially after what has transpired in the past three months. And as Prasen said, it is very, very hard to fathom how someone who was first choice for the first test in Australia is suddenly not even your fifth best opener, considering that KL Rahul is designated as the fourth opener in that squad, obviously subject to his fitness. But still, for someone to be suddenly fifth choice from first choice based on just two innings, though those two innings were pretty damning, but it just feels a little unfair, especially after what he has done in the past three months. 100% agree. Absolutely. Um, I hope the young man um, keeps going and keeps proving uh, the national team wrong and gets back into the squad, if not the first team. Um, in terms of the other missions, um, you can tell me about your thoughts, Jaswat, on the squad that's been picked and any other players that you think should have been on the plane. Uh, but for me, I mean, it's only on the back of some uh, articles I've read. Uh, Boveshno might feel a little bit unlucky, or do you think um, that was the right call for him? Uh, so, one rationale that could, the rationale that could perhaps be behind that omission would be that the Indian team and their physios in particular might not be very confident of Bhuvneshwar Kumar lasting an entire series, especially after what has happened recently with his injury record. But apart from that, to go into a series on English shores without a swing bowler is perhaps mm. not something that we would ideally want. 
because mm-hmm. if bhuvneshwar kumar is fit then he offers something that none of the other current fast bowlers can offer and considering that the current crop of english batsmen have always been a little vulnerable against swing bowling it makes his omission even more surprising and uh, just to follow up on that was and you know uh, english summers are not guaranteed to be really hot for 2 3 months and um it will put it will you know swing in a lot of those uh, test matches so do you think selecting four spinners and leaving pavi at home was right Yeah, I mean, I think they're just going to try and weigh out their options. Uh, the BCCI probably would have got like a lot of slack if they had omitted Aksar Patel after how he performed in the home series. So I think um, that was pretty much a pressure factor that got them to. Yeah, I mean Washington as well. Uh, after the way he performed in Australia, I think uh, <laughs> it would have been hard to sort of uh, drop him as well. But yeah, I, I completely agree with what uh, uh, Shashwat said. I think it's it's a matter of um, trying to fit in Bhuvneshwar considering all his. Uh, past uh, run-ins with injuries and uh, how he's missed out on a, uh, on some crucial matches but having said that i think it still wouldn't have hurt um, the indian team to probably have two more players with them uh, in prithvi shaw and uh, bhuvi obviously hardik pandya is a big miss as well but uh, the bcci is pretty clear that if hardik won't be able to bowl then um, you know they still have enough batsmen uh, even with ashwin and jadeja to sort of bat them through uh, if if need be so i think hardik pandya's omission was uh, probably expected although it is certainly surprising considering how much of an asset he is to indian cricket but uh, they should have probably picked bhuneshwar kumar uh, the swing that he brings into the uh, picture i think is something that they'll definitely miss but uh, i think we definitely do have quite a few bowlers uh, who are world class and uh, i i'm really looking forward to the trio of uh, bumra shami and ishan sharma are uh, troubling those um, england batsmen once we go there talking of world class uh, bowlers that's what you you'll be really happy that charlo tackle is on the plane <laughs> <laughs> oh if i if i wanted bhuvneshwar kumar in the side probably charlo tackle was going to be the casualty but uh, anyway uh, so there's another problem that i have with charlo tackle in the test team is that he doesn't come across as a bowler who can get batsmen out while they're trying to defend against something that i referred to earlier so even when you look at his limited overs exploits and t20 exploits in particular he's always among the wickets when the batsmen are trying to go after him and even if you look at his performance in brisbane a, a lot of those wickets were when australia were trying to force a tex- declaration in their second innings and perhaps were a little loose with their defending so I'm not really a fan of Shahzul Thakur in any format, but I guess, courtesy of some performances, he is probably warranted to be in the side for one more series. Uh, again, I'm on same lines as you. I would have taken Bhuvi against Shahzul, although I don't have too much against Shahzul. But uh, I know uh, we're going to talk about the actual starting eleven once we get closer. But as we stand now, um, Prasant, who opens with Rohit uh, for you? I think it's Mike Agarwal. Uh, you know, considering what he's done in domestic cricket, I think uh, he certainly like proved his worth even with the Indian team. So I think uh, Mike Agarwal is a direct option for me. Uh, Shashwat, uh, we, we've had a comment from Raj uh, Saxaria, and he's gone with a playing eleven of, um, and he disagrees with you, Prasan. It's Shubham opening with Rohit uh, and uh, Virat, Pujara, uh, Rahane, um, Vihari, Pant. Jadeja, I'm going to go with Shafi. He's given a choice between Shami and Thakur. 
uh, Ishan Siraj and Bumrah. How does that line up compared to what you would go with? And who would you have opening? Uh, so, based on what Shubman Gill has gone through in the past couple of months, I might be a little spectacle to actually throw him up to open. Especially for the uh, entirety of the series, because these very English bowlers found him out on the Indian tracks. So, I would also prefer Mayank Agarwal than Pujara, Kohli and Rahane, because they pretty much select themselves. Then I'd rather have Rishabh Pant batting at 6, Jadeja batting 7, and then you have the option of playing 4 bowlers, which based on the conditions, you can... Uh, Put, uh, you can if, if there is a chance of the wicket breaking up somewhere down the line, you can probably have Ashwin at it. And then you can have the three-pronged pace attack of Ishan, Shami and Bumrah. Funnily enough, that's my uh, 11 that I'd picked. Um, I think, um, what do you think, uh, Prasan? Ditto. Absolutely no changes at all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of um, our chances at the World Test Championship, or uh, it's difficult to call. We, we don't know the pitch conditions, um, you know, and how New Zealand they're going to have a couple of games beforehand, so they'll be uh, ready for the game. Um, so, that's what are you going into that World Test Championship confident? Not very confident, to be very honest, because uh, New Zealand have a history of giving us hard breaks, especially in crunch matches so that is one thing and secondly as you talked about new zealand will be a lot more acclimatized to the conditions because they'll they'd have played two tests against england by then and based on how the english weather has been over the past few months i don't expect the sun to dry out those pitches a lot which means there will be a lot of swing on offer and if that happens then team saudi matt henry trent bolt Kyle Jamieson, of course, these people became they become quite a handful. And even if the pitch is not doing much, they have Neil Wagner who can run in from 30 yards and then bang the ball in short. So I feel their bowling attack could trouble us, but I have a lot more hope in our bowlers than I have from the batsmen. So if their bowlers can skittle us out, I think we also have the capability of skittling them out. Yeah, and just to tell you, we're in May now, but we had snow in parts of this country just this week, and it's been absolutely raining pretty much every single day so far this month. So on a June morning when it's swinging, uh, and uh, Shashbath has just mentioned the attack that New Zealand will bring to that uh, match, our batsmen, our top order, do you think they can manage that in England, Prasan? Cope with that? Yeah, I think it's good signs that we're going in with a fully, uh, I mean, full strength squad. You know, I think that's one of the key advantages for us this season. Um, obviously, uh, that's that's already making uh, making an impact in some sense that uh, we're ready to tackle what comes our way. Uh, and considering uh, the way that uh, our boys have done so far, I think it's safe to say that uh, we'll sort of have a mental advantage. Um, of course, acclimatizing to conditions will probably be key, but. I think uh, as per what we know, BCCI are looking to organize a couple of uh, squad matches as well uh, with the local county and uh, some similar matches like that. So, I think we'll be well equipped. Uh, but having said that, like Shashwat mentioned, I think the bowling attacks really match up uh, 
uh, very well. I think uh, it's going to be a very interesting battle. And I definitely think our batsmen are uh, well equipped. Uh, there's a reason that uh, Virat Kohli has led this side to uh, really good success in the test se- test matches or you know in the test format specifically. And I think we're going to carry that through and uh, sort of give New Zealand a, run, a run for their money. Yeah, and just talking about practice matches, there was one t- um, scheduled for in my city, Leicester, India. Hey, we're going to play the uh, national team, or there was going to be a squad game, but they were going to allow crowds in. But I think that's been cancelled. So I don't know if that's going to be behind closed doors now. So it will be a very difficult and um, uh, strange uh, preparation for the Indian team because they're going to be in a bubble back home for eight days, what I've read, and they'll obviously be in a bubble here. Although here, when they come, the country will be fully open as per the roadmap. So it's going to be strange where the Indian team is closed in, in a bubble and everybody else around them is um, uh, having trying to get back to a normal life. And there are crowds um, will be allowed in for the uh, game at the Rose Bowl as well. Um, the ballot's out. I think the result's coming out next week. There are some restrictions even then uh, in terms of um, uh, you have to sit with uh, the same household and the number of tickets has been restricted, but um, it'll be good to see crowds back. Although other sporting events have already started having crowds back. So England's in a different position. And then shows what they're going to go into a bubble for, well, not a bubble, but they're going to be stay in England for a month before the test match starts. Um, that's going to be difficult for them as well, isn't it? The players, I know the families are coming in, but it's not going to be the same sort of preparation for the test series. Yes, obviously that is going to be a huge challenge because staying in a foreign country for close to a month without any proper... Oh, England is beautiful. I don't think they'll get bored. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> talking about that. Just in terms of the preparation without because these sports, people are born and bred on so much professional sport that to sit in a foreign country that too for a month might get a little taxing. So that could be a major challenge that India has to tackle going into. And the five-match test series, as it is, is not going to be very easy. That mm. is going to be quite taxing in itself. So I think those two months, and that is another reason for the BCCI to not conduct the IPL, let's say, in September. Because to Agreed. expect these cricketers to spend one month in England before a test series, then play the test series, then potentially go to the UAE in another bubble, even though they have their families together, so much travel, so much time being away from home might not be something that is very ideal, especially heading into a major tournament like the World T20. So yeah, definitely a challenge. But with the way these cricketers are brought up these days, I think most of them have the experience of staying away for long periods of time. But yes, in these unprecedented times, especially for them to experience something both in terms of the COVID restrictions that is completely alien to what is currently the situation at home will be a little difficult. Yeah, it will be. But um, I'm sure they'll be uh, occupied in this beautiful country. And um, there's a lot of um, traditional Indian foods and restaurants, so they won't uh, miss uh, cooking either. So, But um, although they'll be spending a month here, I was looking forward to spending a month back home in October, November for the World Cup. Uh, Prasant, shall I put my plans on hold and maybe think uh, I might have to end up a couple of weeks in UAE? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we might know the answer to that in a week or two. I think uh, the BCC is going to take a call on what they want to do. But yeah, I think I think uh, it's certainly by the looks of it, uh, it's going to happen abroad and possibly in the UAE. So. 
I think you might want to book your flight tickets to uh, Sharjah or Abu Dhabi and uh, enjoy some good uh, good views from there. And probably once the World Cup uh, begins, I think you can enjoy some good cricket as well. Well, I was looking for a meetup in uh, Nagpur and Bengaluru during my tour. Uh, but well, suppose, you can book we'll, us also tickets to you. I was going to say, we'll meet up in uh, Dubai or Abu Dhabi. So that's what <laughs> Absolutely. If it does get moved, and chances are it might be, uh, Sheshwat, does that reduce our chances of winning it? Obviously, you lose that home advantage and the conditions. Uh, yes, so home advantage will play a huge role, I feel. And especially if the pitches in October and November are a little dry, then that means our spinners, say the likes of Jadeja, potentially Ashwin, Yuzvendra Chal, these people come into their own a lot more. And as we recently saw in the England series, the batsmen from other countries always find it a little difficult to tackle those middle overs, especially if the ball is stopping. So, if the tournament goes to UAE, I feel, I, I, I'm of the opinion that the pitches will be very fresh in October and November. So, that could lead to a few good batting tracks or a few tracks that could be helpful to pace bowling as was the case in IPL 2020. So, that will not completely take away the home advantage because of the subcontinental routes, obviously. But yes, the Indian team would rather prefer playing the T20 World Cup in India. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, we'll know in a couple of weeks um, uh, as to what's going to happen with the T20 World Cup. But I agree with Sushwat. I think uh, we will lose that uh, slight advantage um, uh, if it's played in the UAE. But maybe they can look back at the IPL last year in the UAE, which was similar time and use that experience so you never know for once the BCCI might have been forward thinking and uh, having that tournament there to get some experience during that time of the pitches there. We'll see what happens. Um, but, um, you know, you guys have said the IPL uh, was bringing a bit of um, happiness in the evenings and we've lost that. But I have to say that you two have brought a lot of happiness to me this morning because um, I don't know if you've seen, but we we had a really bad result in uh, Leicester City last night. So I I needed you two guys to help, uh, lift me up, which you've done, and I uh, thank you for that. But uh, more importantly, thank you for your company and your uh, chat. Um, and uh, amongst you know, it's a tough tough time back home, and uh, you know you're living through it. And uh, hopefully we'll get through this very quickly, um, and uh, we'll have uh, cricket back in India very soon. But thank you for your time, both of you today. Really enjoyed it and um, stay safe. Thanks a lot, brother. Thank Cheers. Always good to be here. Bye-bye.